hey, what if you could be in the boardroom where we sit down and we plan out how we're going to grow our eight-figure company month in and month out? If you've ever wondered how traffic and funnels grew so quickly, there are strategies, there are formulas that you can model in your business that our clients are modeling to scale to the moon and back. This is an amazing program. It's called Insider's Access Monthly. And we've put together a couple words on a page that you can actually go and check out this offer, trafficandfunnels.com slash IAM. You will not be sorry. I promise you. Let me know what you think. You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, and conversions. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. Y'all, if you're just hopping on, what's up? We're going to do uh, just an AMA. If anybody needs coaching or wants to talk about whatever, it can be stuff in CK, it can be real estate, it can be whatever you want to talk about, you let me know. Yeah, y'all, what are the most profitable niches to get into right now as a coach and a consultant? Easy answer to that question is whatever you're passionate about. That's going to be the easiest way to be profitable is if you love what you do. Anything you do just for money is can can be profitable, but eventually it's going to take a toll on you. Obviously, there's the basics, high pain. Um, you know, you want to find industries that don't require a long, long, long time to fix. Anything that's going to have high pain and uh, low resistance and maybe time frame to get you fixed is going to be the easiest thing to do, but you want to be passionate about it. That's important. When you start to build a team, here we go. Team question, how do you start to manage them and keep them motivated, performing high? Oh, my God. It's such a big question. It's like, you know what I mean? It's such a big question. Um, People, here's my philosophy on team is that a person on my team, traffic and funnels is just as much a conduit for them to get what they want as they are uh, an asset to the company. So what's good for the company is usually good for the team, and what's good for the team is usually good for the company. And so for sales, we motivate them different. Sales are very motivated by money, status, power, all of the you know animalistic, primal things versus a lot of people who would be like even marketing to an extent, but operational people, they're more inf- in- impacted by fulfillment and experience so we should just legit get on a phone call and figure out what you're trying to build, and I can help you with that. Sally, what is your favorite way to befriend admins? My favorite way to befriend admins is to send them a message and compliment and revere what they have built. It's the best way to do it is you say, I love your group. There are very few groups like yours on the internet. You provide incredible value. The culture is amazing. I'd love to help you out anyway that you need. If I can be of service, let me know. If not, thank you for what you've put together. That's it. That usually does the trick. How do you get yourself to start to embody the habits that you need to? Um, I would say one of the best ways, first and foremost, is for me, I can't necessarily implement a habit unless I have an end in mind. So you might just be like, trying to wake up and trying to do these things, but you have no reason why other than it's like what you're supposed to do. For me, I am extremely motivated by these check marks on the journey, on the way to the destination. Like right now, I'm, I'm pretty motivated by getting 
the business to $2 million a month. And I'm, I'm motivated by getting us to $20 million in real estate by next Christmas. And there's these things that I'm really passionate about. And to me, Hannah, what I do is waking up early is a, is a catalyst for me hitting, it's like, there's a, there's a end goal attached to the habits that is inspiring to me. And when I write my morning formula, when I go through like who I am as a person that is anchored in there. So waking up for the sake of waking up early, not as powerful as, you know, reading a morning formula. Like when I, when I wake up at my, in the morning before 6am, I am at my best and I can serve the most people, which is going to enable me to build an empire. Are you tying that in even in your morning formula will help you. Brian, what's up, my man? He says, how do you cultivate patience for your long-term goals? Sometimes it's frustrating how far away they are. Dude, all the time, like literally all the time. This is part of the byproduct of being a driven entrepreneur is contentment is not really in the picture. And, um, you know, I say that even though it's like sometimes you have to slow down and be grateful and practice gratitude and all of those things, but the life of somebody who is driven and achievement driven, which you are achievement driven, like you got to be careful with this. the The best way to do this is to honor your energy cycles. And it sounds like I'm it sounds like I'm changing the the topic because you're asking about how do you cultivate patience. This is how you do it: honor your energy cycles. Every thirty days, I'm taking at least three days off, and I don't work. And I just am grateful for what I have. I try to get out of the chaos, try to get off out of the the grind and the the nuts of like, just like, it's so, it's so nuts around here all the time. And it's so like, there's always something going on. And I step out of that and I relax for three days. Every quarter, we try to take a week. Me and Chris both do this, by the way. Um, and when you do that, what you tend to develop your own sense of fulfillment from being able to step away. I've also learned how to enjoy progress. And I think this comes, Brian, with having more time in the game. Like I've really learned how to enjoy progress. We're not at our goals yet, but you know, we're I journal every day. And so in 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 day one, I can go look at where we were last year. And we're ahead today from where we were last year. And I, I've learned to enjoy that. And so even though your big goals are so far away, if you can look at where you were six months ago. And be like, man, thank God I'm like moving forward and actually participate in that. Just that little bit of gratitude will help you enjoy where you are a lot more. All right. I currently do a triage call and then strategy call. Should I go straight to strategy? Daniel, this is up to you. I used to think that there was one way to do certain things. I've learned from from being in it a while and having like thousands of clients literally that one of the most powerful pieces that I can give you is being in alignment. So there's somebody in a, well, actually, I think it's Henry, maybe, who did 1.2 million last year. He came in, he's changing some things, and now he's in a rut. My advice to him is to go back to what he was doing because there are things that we do that make us feel like ourselves. And if you change too many of that too, too quickly, if you change too much of that too quickly, then sometimes it can rob you. That said, I prefer going straight to a consult. Because it's like, what's the point of triage? Like, I will triage in Messenger. That's the difference. I'm going to qualify and triage and see what people need in Messenger. And if they get to a consult, then I'm going to close them. Or I'm going to tell them to wait. So I think that the triage is good if you have like a team of specialists. But 
if it's just you or it's like you and one salesperson, um, I would I would go straight to a consult just because if you know that you can help them, just get on and help them. I need a salesperson, Molly. This is you. I need a salesperson, but I'm worried that an alpha sales type would scare my people. They probably would. So, like, yeah, you don't want to get somebody who's just like crazy alpha and they're going to yell at people. That said, you know, like I could probably sell to your market. I would consider myself interested to know what you think, but I would consider myself an alpha who has like empathy. Um, I care about people. So I think you don't want to get, I think the word you're looking for is ego, not alpha. Because somebody who is an, who is an alpha just means that they tend to be the first and they set the frame. That doesn't necessarily mean that they lack compassion or empathy or the ability to connect with the market. What you want to stay away from is the alpha ego, which is somebody who cannot listen to somebody else. They have to control. They have to dominate. And I don't see alpha necessarily being like domineering. I see alpha as being more leader. You know, alpha was alpha is number one, beta is number two. And so alpha doesn't ha- doesn't mean oppressive. It doesn't mean dominant. It just means first. Like when when somebody thinks of success and they're on a call with me, I want I want to be the first to define what success is. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm gonna oppress them. You know what I mean? So yeah, be careful that you don't get like an ego person. Somebody that has the ability to look past a person's behavior and care about the person, 100%. Howard says, working the real estate niche, unfortunately 60 to 90 days for them to cash flow for my leads. Any suggestion on how to counter that obstacle? Nope, it's not an obstacle. It's uh, it's not an obstacle at all. In fact, one of our, like, he, this is a math. He grew a massive business. His name is Dan, and he helped investors. I don't know what side you're on. Like, are you the realtor side or the investor side? Like, I'm not totally sure. But um, you know, Dan helped investors, and they were like three to six months. But you got to remember, sometimes even if it's a longer lag time, if the barrier of entry is high enough, then people don't care. They'll pay for it. It'd be like getting on a waiting list for like a kidney transplant. Like people would do it, even if it's like six months. Because A of all, they need it. And B of all, it's not like there's a kidney lit sitting around on every block. Like the, the barrier of entry to get that is high. And so people are willing to wait and pay. I think you're fine. That's just my opinion. I succumb to my immediate gratification. Hannah, what you should look at is introducing a cost Everybody wants, so what I talked about earlier was the vision. There's the vision and then there's the cost. And so I don't mean the sacrifice to get what you want. Everybody has a sacrifice for a vision, but if there's not a cost for inaction, then sometimes people, sometimes it won't work. So what I would do is I would pick somebody in elite, like I'll pick them and be like, yo, I'm going to send you a picture every morning at 6 a.m. And if I don't send you a picture, I owe you a hundred bucks on PayPal. And you stack that up and it's like, well, you know, I could either pay this person $2,400 a month because I don't want to, I didn't send him a picture or I could just get out of bed. You're probably going to get out of bed. On sales calls, how do you know when to lean out and go reverse psychology, nonchalant style uh, versus going for a hard club close and really challenging them? I think it depends on the person and what the person needs. Sometimes people have made patterns of bad decisions their whole life. And sometimes 
that pattern looks like they just never make decisions. So like if you're talking to somebody, it's like they've been in business for like four years, five years, seven years, or they've been trying to lose weight for 10 years. And uh, they just have their pattern is they just have inactivity, inaction. I'm probably going to push that person really hard because knowing what I know about them, the enemy for them is not making a decision now. It's doing nothing. So that's when I will be aggressive and push. But so you have somebody who is brand new and, uh, you know, they just hired a uh, they just hired a marriage coach and the person totally took their money and ran. What is the enemy for that person? It's different. They've been burned by action. And so I'm probably going to try to protect them a little bit from the feeling of like rush, 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 make a decision. That said, I'll always err on if your product is good, you should always err on the side of aggression because the this is what people struggle to see is there's not just a first order consequence here. There is a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth order of consequence. And if your product is good, then I would err on the side of trying to get as many people to experience what you have built for them. Because at worst, they're just going to say, well, I really can't make a decision tonight. Like, sorry. At best, they're going to jump in and they'll have some remorse maybe for, for a day or two, but they're going to begin to experience life change and true hope and all of the things that come with somebody who's really put their heart and soul into a program. I would err on that side because I told, I tell our sales guys sometimes, like I would rather you lose a sale because you know, somebody needs it and you are pushing than to lose a sale because you, because you know, somebody needs it and you like gave them a day to think about it and then they leave. Not saying that you can't do either one. I'm just saying like, if you're going to lean, have a lean towards the direction of pulling people in. If that makes sense. Gabriel, you said you do cardio for energy in the afternoon. I do, yes. I go back to the gym most days and I do sauna and stair stepper. And it just depends, man. Like I'll read or I'll think and I'll do 20, 30, 30 minutes. Nothing crazy. But the sauna is amazing. The sauna has actually made my heart rate variability go up, so made my heart rate go down. Like sauna has been really good for me. And it's good for creativity too, because you just think you can't do anything. You're just sitting there and sweat. Best tips for becoming more self-aware, journaling every day. I have journaled every sing- almost every single day for like five years. In the past five years, I would guess I've maybe missed 80 days, which five years is a lot. Like that's not that much. Like that's, that's journaling almost every single day. And I'll take pictures too, and I'll put it in my journal. It's amazing. Like some of you guys who are like just hungry, hungry AF, like you're like freaking Pac-Man. Like I just want to eat all my goals for breakfast, like Brian and uh, like some of y'all, if Cole is like this, like he'll have a crazy good month and then he'll have like one bad day and he's like literally about to like jump off a building because he didn't double his numbers from the previous day. I'm like, dude, it's okay. You're going to be fine. The sun will come up tomorrow. Anyways, if you have an arsenal of where you've come from, catalogs, you should spend five minutes or so every morning looking at where you've come from because it gives you this incredible sense of control. Like this, I can control where I'm going. And it also makes you self-aware. Journaling is amazing. Jay, I'm doing hyper-organic, getting leads for 50 cents. My God. 
Lucky you. But how can I word my application to get people to understand my coaching isn't cheap? Besides just asking them what their occupation is, I do fitness and nutrition. Yeah. So this is a great question. I would add something um, like you could. Here's this is the thing with marketing is we can always add something in and we can test it and it may pendulum swing the other direction. We'll want to like undo it. So this isn't like 100 percent certain. But on our application, we put in something like if you're accepted as a client, um, please rate yourself on the following three options. Like one, uh, this is important to me. I can invest in some growing my business Two, I don't know. It depends on the cost. Three, I don't have any money to invest in my business. That's going to give you an idea for the thinking of the person. It's not going to tell you how much money they have, but it's going to give you an idea of how they think. And if that doesn't fix the quality, then underneath that, you can be like, do you have at least five figures to invest in, you know, getting this, or do you have at least 4,000 or whatever? But I would try isolating in on their thinking because if somebody's an investment minded person, then they'll figure out how to make the price work. If somebody has a lot of money, but they're not an investment minded person, they won't buy. So you really don't, you really want to go after the person who's thinking like, I'm willing to trade and sacrifice for what I want rather than finding out how much money is in their bank account. Ashlyn says, I've gotten five, three clients in the past couple of days. I've been focusing so much on providing value to people in client acquisition. I've never really focused on actual onboarding and fulfillment part. I'm a bit overwhelmed with the actual fulfillment. I know I can help these clients. But I've never had three people pay in full and start actually producing results for these people. Any suggestions on not getting overwhelmed with the fulfillment? Should I start hiring someone part-time to complete some of the other tasks? Thanks for any tips. Ashton, first and foremost, take a minute and just congratulate yourself. You always you want to celebrate a little bit because you're always going to have problems in life, but you get to choose whether you have good problems or bad problems. How many of you know that struggling to figure out how to pay for your house and simultaneously not miss your credit card bill is a bad problem to have, Right. Like nobody wants that problem. How many of you know that you know choosing to take your spouse to dinner or pay for the oil change in the car and you can only do one? That's a bad problem. These are the problems that I used to grow up, that I grew up with. And before I answer your question, you're always going to have problems, but you've chosen to have good problems. And uh, it's this is amazing because once you get the hang of this, it's like, man, throw every problem at the world at me. I'm going to be fine because they're the problems of growth not the problems of stagnation and, and decay and, you know, so this is a good problem to have. Don't slow down. Like the temptation here, it's like, I'm overwhelmed. Let me pull back. I would not do that. They're good problems to have. Keep going. But I would like lock yourself in a room for like two hours and whiteboard it out. What is the best thing? What's the best first thing that any new client could have? Like you take a new client, what's the best first step? Now, what's the second best step? Now, then then the third and walk it all the way through. It's amazing how many people are just like, here's my program, but they don't actually look at step one, step two. Like, what's the best journey for a client to get results? This is how we built Suke. It's how we built Elite. It's how we built Sales Mentor. It's like, what's the best first thing? Just start there. Then two, then three. Whiteboard it out. You'll get this big list, right? And you want somewhere between like seven and 10, maybe 12. Like, you don't want 50 things. You want the categories. So seven to 10 things. And then one first thing that's going to give you clarity. Clarity decreases overwhelm. So anytime you feel overwhelmed, sometimes it's just because you need more clarity. It's not because you got too much to do. It's because you don't really know what to do first. Big key. And so I would make a list. What can you offload 
to like a virtual assistant or a part-time team member, or you may get this list and be like, I don't really need, uh, I don't really need to, to offload this. I just need to block and tackle. So every Monday morning from nine to 1030 and every Thursday afternoon from one to four, I'm going to spend time on onboarding new clients in every other hour of the week. I'm going to sell a market and you'd be probably blown away by how fast that can take you. 